BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. This is your host, Tia. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another uh, amazing episode of the Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. I'm your host, Tia, as always, and I have with me the amazing co-host, The Brittany. Hi, Brittany. <laughs> hello, hello. I am I am very ready for this, uh, this podcast. I'm excited for this one. I'm not excited for all of them, but I'm particularly excited about this one, especially because I actually have the cats on me this time. They've been hiding, but you know what? They're ready to, they said, you know what? It's podcast time. They're ready to participate. That's what I like. And I'm also ready. I just took a sip of coffee. Uh, by Bones Coffee Company. They're an affiliate of ours, so you know oh, uh, yeah. all that stuff, you know. Uh, affiliate link down below. I'll post it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on with me tonight. But yes, we are here. We are doing the top 10. It's been a good start to the week. The Olympics are going on. LeVar Burton is hosting Jeopardy this week. I say it's a pretty damn fine week. And we're doing the top 10. And we are doing the top 10 cameos in movies. Um, Because I feel like, especially for us, since we always tend to like actors who are almost under the radar, most of the movies that actors that we like are in, they're mostly cameos. So I'm pretty stoked for this one. I'm excited. And also, I was going to say about the Olympics. I've been enjoying the TikToks of the Olympians running around and just uh, being a mess. I thought that was funny. Is when they're like, yeah, they're like, um, we get to get together one of them was upset because she didn't get her power raid and that's all she wanted this entire time but instead it gave her i think like a water oh i haven't seen those i 
Have, I will admit I haven't watched a whole lot of Olympics yet this season. I watched some of the gymnastics. Um, and I, As you should. Well, I gymnastics, honestly, was always my favorite part of the Summer Olympics because I was in gymnastics when I was younger. So I guess just I gravitate more towards it. And just, uh-huh. you know, we have Simone Biles on the freaking USA team, and she's just fucking rocks everything that she's in so i'm just i am excited but also this olympics two sports have debuted that one being skateboarding and one being surfing so it is a year of firsts i would have said i didn't know for some reason I, i felt like surfing was already there but i also felt like it wasn't there i feel like it was always just meant to be there well, me too. Kelly told me that because I said, oh, did you see it was skateboarding's first year? And she's like, yeah, surfing too. And I sat there and was and said, wait, surfing wasn't in the Olympics? <laughs> Maybe it was because all those surfing like Disney movies growing up, we just automatically assume. By the way, I remember surfing Disney movies or at least something surfing like kids movie, but I could not tell you the name of them. So really quick. Um, what I think of is remember when the Tarzan movie came out they had this whole there was a special I forget if it was on the actual VHS tape or if I saw it later uh, maybe it was on TV whatever but it was supposed to be say the inspiration behind Tarzan um, you know how he's he's almost like surfing on the vines and they and they said that they were inspired by surfers and skateboarders like, they were inspired to do the same sort of movements. They're like, let's be fun. Why not have Tarzan, you know, essentially, quote-unquote, grinding the tree branches as he's going and shit like that. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I always thought about his feet being so rough. <laughs> well, I guess he's used to it all those years living out there. <laughs> I know. I was always like, my toes, in between my toes, the so tendies. Brittany, you have been doing that rutching sound, and I gotta say, it is... It is challenging. <laughs> I am never. It's funny. It's like I do it a lot on stream, but, but you I haven't been aware you, of it. But you didn't always do that. We have been friends for like six, seven years, and you have never done that. And then suddenly, I'm like watching your streams, and it, it Twitch is just a bad influence. This it's just a bad influence apparently. Uh, it's because there's a thing. It's just like there's kind of like you know the streamer lingo for stuff, and there, and all story was I was watching this one guy named Yasha, and he always goes disgusting, and he's like disgusting goes Pleh. and he makes the retching noise, and I think that rubbed off on me, even though I'd been doing the retching noise, but also Aaron does it. Aaron does it, but it's more like a like not a retch noise, more like a like a visceral reaction type noise, not really from like the gut, like, you know, like a stomach thing. And I don't know. And Mario Kart makes me do that because I was struggling with Mario Kart. I was struggling, but I am going to beat you easy, easy clap. I watched your stream yesterday and I I am very confident that you will not be able to beat me. (laughs) Well, it's so much different on the switch. I'm telling you it's different because then, uh, one of the guys that works has like you know the original Mario Kart, and he said, "You want to?" He's like, "You want to race me?" And I was like, "I haven't played forever." I beat him. I beat him. 
Okay. It's just, be, it's just the different game. I'm going to bring out my N64 that I still have because I, uh-huh. I hoard consoles and I will dust it off and plug it in and we will play some motherfucking Mario Kart and I will beat you. And dust off my winner's trophy then. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> I did want to say also that I always knew Aaron was also a bad influence on you. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> you listen here. I know. Anyway, everyone, let's get into this top 10. Of course, we got to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Stranger Damies. As you guys know, Stranger Damies is a uh, Dungeons and Dragons podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. Um, Anthony, Dan, Mark, all awesome guys. You can find them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. They love what they do. They're on their second campaign. They have a shit ton of awesome podcasts. If you like D&D, check out Stranger Damies. If you like, uh, you know, reviews of former shitty movies, then you can check out They Call This a Movie, which they are also a part of. They have a ton of awesome podcasts, so make sure that you check them all out. And I also wanted to give a really huge shout out also to our friends over at The Kind of Nerdy Girls. Uh, we had both KJ and Jonna from The Kind of Nerdy Girls on the top 10, like what, a month ago or something. We did the top 10 Chris Evans roles. And I think that they're either in the middle of Christmas or or they just ended Christmas, which is where they do 12 days of Chris Evans movies. So please make sure you check them out. Kind of nerdy girls. They're all on social media as well as YouTube and anywhere you can find your podcast. They're just awesome. Um, and I was going to give one last shout out. <laughs> and I can't remember for the life of me right now. But yeah, make sure you check everyone out. We're awesome. Shout out to ladies. To my dog, of course. Shout out always to Yeah, my of dog. course. It's a given. Always. Can I tell you, by the way, this may be my over-paranoid, like, brain and everything, but I swear in the past few days, Polly and I have encountered people who I get this strange feeling that they want to steal my dog. Like, Tia. like, there was one kid who just, and obviously, like, all kids love dogs and they always want to meet Lady, but there was this one kid who was just asking too many questions he was like where'd you get her where you got like i don't know you just ask credit and then today there was like, a- you asking all them questions yeah. <laughs> like, asking all them questions. And, and then this and then this morning there was some lady who i was going into um our favorite freaking pizza shop to get food for Polly and i and Polly was outside with lady and you know Polly will take her off the leash sometimes so that she can like when he's waiting outside so she could just roam and this woman was like um, looking around and something to the effect of going, oh, um, oh, that's your dog? And he's like, yeah. And, and the lady was like, oh, because, you know, I didn't know whose dog it was. I was going to, you know, like try and take her to get her some help or something like that. And Paulie's like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, this is my dog. And then lady kept looking inside. Because obviously she was looking at me and she goes to yeah. Polly. She's like, I can get her some food if she's hungry. It's like, no, motherfucker, our 
freaking dog is not hungry. Bruh, she's, she's, it's not, like, she's not thirsty. Like, we're fine. We're, like, great freaking dog owners and everything. We feed Lady like a queen. All right. You're we like, live- it's nice if you're trying to be nice, but it's coming off very much when you think I don't know how to take care of this dog. We're speaking of which, Tia, did you realize I'll be seeing you in two months? I know. Like, all, a little over two months. Wait, I have to say one last thing <laughs> now that I'm on a roll, right? So we've had some days that are pretty hot and but lady gives us the look like oh my god i'm so bored you know and she's like looking at the door it's like yeah. all right we'll take you around and for context for my viewers my dog is a small dog but she has completely black fur so obviously she's going to get a little hotter than most so we were just walking around the block and then of course at some point her tongue is like out which you know dogs don't have sweat plants that's how they sweat is through their tongue yeah. And so, again, we're literally walking around our building, and this person's like, your dog looks hot. They need water. It's like, thank you. We live right here. Like, what do you think? We, you know, I hate like, that, <laughs> and I feel like that's going to be me when I have kids. Like, leave me the fuck alone and don't tell me how to parent. <laughs> You're like I, I like I. It's like everybody feels so entitled, and it's like no, they're fine. And that's like when people say stuff with their cats, and I'm like, these are literally the most spoiled cats. They've literally, besides the one, you know, Dorian getting sick as like a baby kitten, that that's because he was just like just taken in off the streets. Yeah. And then people try to be like, oh, their shedding could be related to their diet, and I'm like, I get that. None of them else shed. It's just this one that sheds because she is a she has like two coats of fur. It's just it's a thing. They're like, well, you should try this food. And I'm like, the rest of them are fine. They literally get like expensive cat food and wet food every single day, and they have a big giant fountain for water. They're fine. All right, I'll say one last story, and then we can get into the top ten. So Brittany knows this, but a few years ago. Lady had this thing where she, for one winter where I swear to God, she was literally eating the fur off of her butt. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> weird, right? She was literally like she had a bald spot at some point. And I have taken her to the vet and they found really no reason, right? I mean, no mites, no this know that and then i think i tweeted something one time like you know she's still scratching i don't know if i should take her back to the vet and i got like some condescending comments where people are like oh my god if it was my dog i would take them immediately you shouldn't even hesitate and it's like first of all the vets are so fucking expensive i don't know if you've ever actually gone to a vet but they charge you like $300 just to tell you that nothing's wrong with your dog. And also it's like, I would give my blood for my dog. So I don't know why you're acting as if I'm malnutritioning her over here. Anyway, long story short, the hair grew back. My dog is a nervous dog. She had a previous owner before us who was not so kind to her. And I think that was one. And even the vet said at one point that it was one of those things where she probably had a little itch and she bit it, but then it, you know, it's one of those things where a scab gets itchy and dogs can't have like the common sense to say like, hey, you know, let me stop scratching myself. You shouldn't reopening this wound. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So anyway, whew, that got me a little heated, but 
it's okay. But Lady's cool. She's right next to me because she loves me and I'm a good dog mom. So fuck off. Um, <laughs> oh my God. We, we love our listeners. I'm telling you guys about the stories of other people. But anyway, let's get into this top 10 best cameos in movies. Brittany, as always, you're going to kick it off with number 10. What do you got for us? I got a goofy one. Did you ever watch the SpongeBob movie? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. You'll see why. In the original Is it SpongeBob Re- movie. Is it Keanu Reeves? No, it's David Hasselhoff. Ah, okay. David Hasselhoff is literally in this movie. I, I spent so long since I've seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a point where I think like SpongeBob and Patrick get like thrown up onto the surface, like onto the beach, or it's something or or I can't remember get rescued by david hasselhoff and at some point they're like we need to get back where we're going and he like launches them how does he launch them back to their home he launches them between his like his his pecs his boobs (laughs) he like locks and loads them there and squeezes them together and shoots them back to the bikini bottom (laughs) at least i'm almost positive i know i know the titty thing happened to you i know the titty thing happened but but yeah, I I remember as a kid, they're like David Hasselhoff, you know, and they didn't give him a fake name. He was legitimately David Hasselhoff. I think he I think he was wearing a speedo. Um, no, was he wearing speedo shorts? He was wearing one, but it was very rem- reminiscent of like his Baywatch days. And I just remember seeing that as a kid and being like, "This is the most ridiculous shit ever I've ever seen," but I'm living for it because you know you never had any live action people besides you know the times that you would have uh, Patchy the Pirate. I think was his name. Yeah. I remember you don't you didn't really get to like grow up watching uh, SpongeBob. Yes, I did. Hang on. I thought I grew up I watching your SpongeBob. Dad hated SpongeBob. Yeah, just because he hated it didn't mean that I wasn't watching it. <laughs> no, I didn't know. I had one friend that wasn't allowed to watch SpongeBob, so I couldn't no, remember just, if it were you. He just didn't understand. He was like, "Why is this so popular? It's about a sponge." <laughs> we love that sponge. You take that back. <laughs> um, that's great. I mean, who doesn't? love Dave's, david hasselhoff i mean night rider uh baywatch i mean he was there when they took down the berlin wall i mean he's the hoff don't hassle the hoff tia don't hassle the hoff <laughs> I, literally, I think that's the saying i think that's his like one of his catchphrases where it's like don't hassle the hoff don't hassle the hoff did you know um that he's like huge in germany like they- yes he's he's like a big i think was he big there first or was he big here first but yeah he's fluent in german and everything i uh-huh. actually think he is german uh, i think his last name's hasselhoff so i don't know it says on his wikipedia is an american actor singer you know x y and z i wonder if it's one of those things where he's like got popular here but just like super huge in germany and he was just like shit if that's where like you know, my freaking uh, fan bases, why not, you know, lean into it, right? Isn't it, isn't it crazy that still the Berlin Wall being torn down is, like, actually in, like, recent human, like, memory? Do you want to know how I learned about it? Um, it wasn't in history class. It was uh-huh. 
Did you? I've talked about this before, but did you ever watch the shows like I Love the 80s, I Love the 90s, things like that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, that's literally where I watched it. It was I Love the 80s, and they like went through it in one episode. And I swear to God, most of my knowledge of, say, pop culture, even history, comes from those shows. Like, oh my God, <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Oh my God, David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. We love the. Well, yeah, he was in the SpongeBob movie. He launched with his titties. There was even a part <laughs> where, like, he like when he feels so good about himself, he's just floating in the water, and he's like, "You did good, Hassel," or like, "You did good, Hoff," or like that. He's like, "You did good," and then he gets like <laughs> scorched by some. I don't know. It was ridiculous, though. Let it be known, uh, the SpongeBob movie made me cry. Um. I can't remember if there was ever an episode of Spongebob that made me cry, but there were some, you know, it's funny because it's, you know, as you get older, you start to relate to Squidward more and you realize why he's so miserable all the time. <laughs> We've become Squidward. <laughs> he doesn't want to go out. He doesn't want to be bothered with the happy-go-lucky Spongebob. He hates his dead-end minimum wage job. Oh my job. God, am I your Spongebob? Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But that's a great way to start off this list. David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. Awesome job, Brittany. Um, I'm gonna hit number nine and I feel like you're definitely going to realize like you're gonna be say, Oh yeah, of course, Tia, you put this down, um, because you've been talking about it recently. And I really don't... quick, really quick, before you continue, not to interrupt you. No. I think your mic is vibrating. It sounds like something like tapping it real hard. It's like reverberating. Oh, maybe because I'm moving like the table as I'm talking. <laughs> because I had my. Like, I think I think it. that's it. I just don't want. No, I'm not sure. I just didn't. I didn't want you to get too far into it because it was like gradually getting louder, and I was like, oh, oh no, I, was... I was gonna listen back to that. Oh, I was typing, too, so that could be a huge reason. Okay, it might be that. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you perfectly (laughs) fine. Good. (laughs) Do you remember those commercials, or am I a dinosaur that, like, remembers those commercials? Repeat it again. Repeat it again, because it got loud right at the end. Remember the Spun... Not wow, Spun... Now I'm saying Spun... The freaking (laughs) the Verizon commercials, where he'd be like, can you hear me now? Good yes yes i do remember that yeah so can you hear me now good anyway i was gonna i was gonna say for number nine you're definitely going to say that this is a given because i've been talking about it recently um and i just like the cameo just because it's one of my it's definitely one of my favorite scenes in the trilogy but i want to say it's my favorite scene in the third movie and it's going to be the library scene. Uh, well, the cameo is going to be with the basketball player Boban Marjanovic in John Wick 3. Yes. <laughs> let me tell you. Yes. So let me tell you why. I had never seen the first two John Wicks, right? And yeah. I remember my mom getting on me and saying, how could you not? And I love Keanu Reeves. I've been known about Keanu Reeves my life, so it's not as if Keanu Reeves is a new thing. I know that he's had his, you know, resurgence since the John Wick movies, but I freaking grew up on, like, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Speed, and all that, right? So then last year, 
um, Paulie, I guess, had seen the first two John Wicks while he was at home, and he said, Tia, you've got to watch these. So I was like, ah, you know, and then so we watched the first two, loved them, and then he hadn't seen the third one yet, and then I noticed that the third one was on HBO Max, and I said, well, let's watch it together because then we're both watching it for the first time. And for those who don't know really quick, the whole thing is like uh, Keanu, Keanu Reeves plays John Wick, this assassin, and he's on the run in the third one because he killed someone that he shouldn't have killed in the second one. And so now there's like a massive bounty on his head. So the beginning of the movie literally starts with Keanu Reeves as John Wick in this library and Boban Marjanovic, who is an NBA player, Uh, playing a fellow assassin who is trying to kill John Wick so that he can collect on the bounty on his head. But why I love the the cameo is for those who don't know, Boban is literally seven foot four. And when I first saw it, it looked so comical because Keanu Reeves is not a short man, but compared to this guy, he looks so tiny and I swear to God, at some point, I thought that it was CGI because I couldn't believe that there was someone. Oh, as, shit. <laughs> I couldn't believe that there was someone as tall as Boban. And I sat there and said, oh, this is weird that the third movie would do this, that they're like, like, why? You know, <laughs> and then when I looked yeah. it up, then when I looked it up and I sat there and go, oh, this guy really is this height. And it's just such a cool fight scene with them in the library together going at it. And I actually read something of the director and why he wanted, say, Boban in his movie. And it was because he wanted to, um, oh my God, he wanted to recreate a scene in a movie. I forgot what it was called. Let me look it up really quick. Uh, yes. Okay. He wanted to recreate a scene similar to the scene that is in a Bruce Lee movie where Bruce Lee um, fights against this other NBA star, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who's also quite tall, and Bruce Lee was quite short, so you get that, like, really huge contrast between the two, and he's like, well, I want my own version, so let's call the guy who's literally seven foot four to be in the movie. Yeah, because so. <laughs> it could be hard with John Wick being so tall, you're like, wait a second, Al. I gotta no, look up- when you showed me that scene, I was like, they did they purposely make this area small for this? And I'm like, that's what I thought yeah, it was. But, I thought they like yeah. put put the other guy Bobon on you know a platform or something because I couldn't believe that I was seeing this such a stark difference. I mean, there's at some point where Bobon's practically kneeling and he still comes like eye to eye with Keanu Reeves. <laughs> that dude would never be able to find a stunt double. No, he would, he would have two guys like sitting on each other's shoulders. And just to give you context, Keanu Reeves is six foot one. Again, not a short man. <laughs> oh my gosh, he is. Yeah, I was gonna say when you showed me that scene, I was like, man. And you brought up a, a point when we were talking about like you know him in situations where it's like it would be terrifying to see that motherfucker be like sitting down, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's tall, and then slowly standing, and you're like, oh. Oh, oh, oh no. Yeah, it. I just think it was so cool. I mean, spoiler alert, he dies within two minutes of being in the movie, but I still thought it was an epic cameo because I just like um, the contrast and height between the two, and I like the choreographed fight scene. I mean, it's pretty brutal. 
And it's also a testament to John Wick because he literally kills uh, Bobon's character, Ernest, with a book. And it's like, this man just can kill anyone with anything. (laughs) How did he end up killing him with the book again? I can't remember. Didn't he shove it in his mouth and just keep like... Yeah, pretty much. Essentially. (laughs) Oh, I forgot I made that noise. Ah! Hey, that noise was worth it for that right there, though. I just really like the freaking scene. And also, the reason why I like the scene is because the whole thing, again, John Wick is on the run in the third one, but he's given to a certain amount of time before, like, the floodgates open, before it's fair game for all other assassins. So when Bobon's character, Ernest, comes, uh, John Wick says, you know, I still got a few minutes. And Ernest is like, yeah, only like 10 minutes. Who's going to know? <laughs> like, pretty much, I have you here within me. I'm not going to wait 10 minutes to kill you. I- I'm going to do it now. And he's like, oh, you know, Roy. and he's like, 14 million is a lot of money. And John Wick's like, yeah, but not when you're dead. <laughs> you know, like, oh, Roy. <laughs> I like it. I think it's a fun, ca- uh, fun I cameo. Knew I still need to see the first one. I will say, as far as the trilogy goes, I think the first one is still the best one. They're all good, but I like the first one the best because it's so self-contained. It's just a story about a guy who lost his wife, and he's grieving, and, you know, he did a lot of bad things before he's met his wife, but he hung up, you know, his his guns, essentially, and then he gets you know, hurt, like, again, spoiler, it's been years, but the dog that his now deceased wife gave him gets killed. So it's him getting back into the mode to kill the people who have done this against him. And then it kind of goes deeper every movie into this, like, really secret world of, uh, like, everyone's an assassin. In the third movie, you literally see John, like, walking through New York and everyone getting an alert on their phone, like 14 million for John Wick. And it's like, is there not one person in New York who isn't an assassin? <laughs> yeah, you. <laughs> <laughs> that you JK know of. Polly is, though. <laughs> that you know of. <laughs> Bro, no. Um, but yeah, I. you have to, oh God, when you come here, we're going to watch the first John Wick. It's so good. Okay, okay. And uh, and the mummy. Um, you've never watched the mummy. Did we go through we've this? We've had this talk. Yeah, <laughs> we've gone through this. I've never seen the mummy, dude. Dude, I I feel like you just got your heart broken all over again. Yeah, we've talked Brent, about this. Brent, I know, but I must have wiped it from my head because how could you be a Brendan Fraser fan and never see his best work? The mummy is his best. I love the thought of them. Uh, I mean, me too. I'm sure. (laughs) I'm putting, you know, while on air, I'm putting one on my phone. Must watch John Wick and The Mummy. (laughs) Because that is a travesty. Anyway. I think if there's a movie I want you to see really bad. I mean, I just saw The Labyrinth for the first time. With uh, David Bowie's junk. I've actually never seen that one. That one I haven't like, seen. You know what? We're watching that one together. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that one makes there you more, go. That one makes more sense because that was before my time. But yeah. Anyway, the, the David Bowie's junk. You, uh, fair, fair. You make a great point. 
<laughs> Let's move on from number nine. So again, uh, number 10 was David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. Number nine is uh, Boban Marjanovic in John Wick 3. Brittany, take it away with number eight. I'm going to go with uh, Brad Pitt in Deadpool. Oh my god, it's so funny that you mentioned that because one of the lists that was talking about cameos mentioned the Brad Pitt in Deadpool. <laughs> I was funny. I, I said that it was funny. It was funny as I sat there and I was like trying to think of cameos and I was like, who else? Who else? And I was thinking about like one of the other things on my list and I went, Brad Pitt! Brad Pitt! Because what was the name of his character again? I cannot remember. But this whole There's time you're like invisible guy or something. Yeah, like that. yeah. But like when he's sitting there, right? And you're like, he doesn't even this man doesn't even exist. He doesn't even speak. He's not even there. And, and there was no there was no mention. There was no nothing. You know, because everybody was like, well, I think there was like an inkling because maybe somebody saw Brad Pitt on there. And you go to this whole movie and you're like, okay, but what about invisible guy? Because remember his um his freaking uh, parachute, I think, even was like, it looked like it was kind of just flopping through the air or something when they, like, went out there. I was like, man, I was like, this is even real. And then he hits the freaking, uh, like, electricity pole. And then suddenly you see, you see him, you see Brad Pitt because the light, like, the electricity made it possible to see him, I guess because he's dead. Uh, spoiler. Uh, and when I saw that, I was like, oh my god, that was perfect. I mean, you couldn't have planned that better. Like, it was such a little thing. Such a five-second thing. But when I tell you that the freaking theater went insane when they saw Brad Pitt on the, uh, on the electricity pole, we were dying. I... So, by the way, his um, character was called Banisher, and I thought it was really funny because at first I thought that character just wasn't there. Like, yeah. when, when Deadpool was reviewing him, I said, wouldn't it be funny if just literally no one was there and he was just talking to air because you can't see him, but then you see, as you said, essentially the parachute floating in air and when it's zapped it's like oh my god it's brad pitt like how the hell did that work out <laughs> it makes me want to rewatch that movie just to like think about like huh he was actually there kind of it was a perfect cameo it's the perfect definition of a cameo a high and by it was so surprising you know what sucks though I wasn't surprised because I had heard the rumors that Brad Pitt was in it. They're like, oh, he plays the invisible guy. So I feel like I anticipated it. But it still was great, nonetheless. It was just so, it took me so far off guard because I was like, there's no way. There's no way that that's actually someone. And when it was, I was like, Brad Pitt. <laughs> it, it took half the budget just to hire him for that five-second cameo. <laughs> it, it was him and... um who else was in it that was re- and and Josh Brolin? I mean, him and Ryan Reynolds. So they had to have been the three highest paid. They made five dollars <laughs> off that movie. Worth it. <laughs> I love Deadpool too. It doesn't get enough praise as it deserves. 
What's funny is I watched Deadpool so many times I can't watch it anymore because half the movie is just like going through the freaking like past and setting yeah. up the backstory and oh my god. But just great movie. There's only so many times I can watch the freaking like origin story before mm-hmm. I'm like fuck. So I think that's why I like the second one so so much because it was just pure action hilariousness. You know, besides the whole thing with uh Vanessa. <laughs> No, I agree because that's always been my criticism of Deadpool 1. It's like the first time, obviously, you like getting that origin story. But then, as you said, you're sitting there and you're like, all right, let's get back to the freaking movie. Because he literally stops it in the middle of an action scene to go back. And it's like, I I need you to fast forward so I can get to the actual meat of it. So in Deadpool 2, it's like, he's Deadpool all right, let's get to the hilariousness, let's get to it. And as you said, it sucks about the Vanessa thing, but I loved the Josh Brolin, and I loved the introduction. Cable was so good. I loved Cable. I loved the introduction of Domino. I loved all of it. (laughs) Oh, my God, don't make me hit hit a kick again. (laughs) Oh. the the best thing though about the first movie was Francis. Your name is Francis. Francis. Hey Jack's like the dishwashing, like you know, the <laughs> dish Can I tell you? Um there was a period of time where cause Cindy and I saw the first Deadpool. I always saw the second Deadpool. Um, there was a period of time after we saw the first Deadpool that we would randomly text each other going, where's Francis? Where's Francis? Where's Francis? Oh my gosh. That was so good. <laughs> oh man. No, I love that though. That's great. Brad Pitt in Deadpool uh, 2. We definitely got to get Brad Pitt in another like superhero movie. I don't know who, he, who he'd play, but he's Brad Pitt. I think it's hard to hold down for like a constant movie. He doesn't seem like someone that likes to do like movies that last more than one movie. Yeah, that is true. Um, I mean, some actors are like that, and I mean, that's their prerogative. But definitely if you're in a Marvel movie, you got to expect to be there for the long haul, unless you're a villain. Because then they kill you off. (laughs) Unless you're Loki, and then you get your own show. Yeah, exactly. Loki did nothing wrong. Uh I'm still laughing over my friend watching uh, the Black Widow movie, and then suddenly Natasha's grave, and he's like, the fuck up what? Because he had never seen a Marvel movie. Uh No, if... Okay, really quick, and spoiler alert. uh, Actually, not really spoiler alert. If you're a Marvel fan and you watch the movies, you know Natasha died in Endgame. But I I know I mentioned this probably last podcast, too, but you're watching the whole movie, and there's Natasha with you, and you're back in this world where Scarlett Johansson still plays Black Widow, and you're into it, and you're like... So you get to the end credit scene, and you're expecting more of her. And then when you see Yelena just sit standing there... And then it's like, oh, which, where's she at? You know, is she, in my mind at first, I sat there and go, oh, maybe she's at the grave of her birth mother or something. And then when I saw Natasha, I was like, fuck. <laughs> I know. I, I just sat there and I, I wanted so badly for it to be different, but it's going to be hard to live up. Like, I know we still have, you know, Thor, but is something going to happen to Thor? Because he's the, him and the Hulk are the only lasting ones. I will say that, I mean... I really loved Yelena in Black Widow, and I am absolutely looking forward to seeing more of her. And if she, say, is carrying the mantle of a Black Widow, then I'm cool with it. 
I still miss Natasha. I think Black Widow the movie was definitely a nice bookend because in Endgame, it's like, yeah, she sacrificed, but she was killed off so early, it seems, in the movie that people almost forgot about her. And she didn't even get a fucking funeral. You know, it's like, I get it. Tony Stark, you know, saved the world. But so did Natasha. If it weren't for her sacrifice, she would have never got the freaking Soul Stone. You know, it would have made me laugh the fucked up way. Mm. Her, her buried with fucking uh, Steve Rogers and Peggy. Because like, they're, in, they're in a shared like cemetery. Yeah, I say that because we're all still trying to figure out if Steve Rogers is dead after like you know being old man. Oh yeah, and I don't know if we'll ever get that closure because they didn't even touch it. I mean, they kind of teased it in the Falcon and the Winter Soldier show, but not really. So it it's like, where's Steve? Is he just sitting in a rocking chair right now, going, "I did my." I did my duty. <laughs> Do you ever have a moment where Steve has still been planning for the same woman he fell in love with, but he only probably knew her for a couple of months or a couple of, like, a year at most? I've seen that take before, and I sat there going, you know what, you're right. It's like, what if he went back in the past, and then it's like he got back with Peggy, and he's like, oh, God, I only knew her during wartime. You know what? This doesn't work out. I'm going to go back to the future. <laughs> it's okay. He still had a dose back to the past, remember? Wait, what? Didn't no? Didn't he like he could go back, right? He's gonna go take the the stones, but he never came back. Yeah, he, he could have technically come back. He could have he could have come back after he, he figured that out. God damn it, Steve! Anyway, uh- <laughs> instead of dad went out to go get milk or go get cigarettes, <laughs> he just fucking went back to the future. Steve Rogers went to go return some Infinity Stones, and he never would came that back. Technically, it made him a variant. Would the would, would they have not come for him? Unless they said that that was meant to happen, because in the Loki show, um, Loki goes, um, wait, why am I a variant when the Avengers literally went back in time? And they said, oh, well, that was meant to happen. You're not. Who gets to decide that? You find out in the Loki show who oh. decides that. So, you know, just saying. Oh. Okay, okay, I, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, great Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2. I'm going to get the next one. <sighs> uh, since we're on a like Marvel kick, I'm going to do Nick Fury in Iron Man 1. Oh, hell yeah, that's a good one. Because, you know, I mean, that started everything. First of all, the first Iron Man started everything. And then as a refresher for those, since it's been so long, um, Iron Man 1 had the end credit scene and it was Tony in his home and there's Samuel Jackson. And he goes, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. And that, and that, my friends, is history. <laughs> Did you not have that moment when you saw that where you were like, because when I, I was young, when I was like, who the fuck is Nick Fury? But all like, the comic book guys were like, oh, my God, it's Nick Fury. And I was like, who? Who, yeah. huh? I, I know that sometimes we talk about these on podcasts and Jawan says that he remembers watching and he's like, oh, they're, they're doing it. They're doing it. They're doing the Avengers. And it's, you know, as you said, I was watching it going, oh, look, it's Samuel L. Jackson because I knew who he was. 
but I didn't know who he was playing. And I was like, oh, that's cool, though. Samuel Jackson's going to be in it. <laughs> right? I think that's what we all said. That we were like, well, that's awesome. Good for him. Like, <laughs> yeah, for him. He's in here. I don't know what he, I don't know who he is or what he does, but he's here. Good for I, him. I think the significance um, increases as now we're, what, 12 years in. And so we look back at it now and go, wow, that. That was huge. I mean, that we was like a, 12 years in. Yeah, the first Iron Man 1, or maybe we're 13 years in because Iron Man 1 came out in 2008. I was, wait, wait, wait 2008. I was, I was 18. I was 14. <laughs> when I was a young boy. <laughs> when I was a young boy. I brought that up because that there's a meme going around with Wilson Fisk from Daredevil because he's had like several scenes where he starts it off going when I was a young boy. <laughs> You're like, stop telling us about your childhood. No one cares. <laughs> it's it's really depressing, Wilson Fisk. <laughs> yeah, right. Which, man, by the way, man, though. by the way, Brittany, there's a rumor. <gasps> so it's just a rumor, <gasps> but I'm going to hold on to it that Vincent D'Onofrio is going to reprise his role as Wilson Fisk in the Hawkeye series. They're really <gasps> trying to make me watch this freaking show. Oh, my God. I would watch it. I would watch it for him. I still need to catch up on the Loki. Well, to be fair, I was going to watch it after that end credits scene in Black Widow with Yelena. I was like, go, go, go get him. Go get him, Yelena. Go oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Uh- we just we love a dead king. <laughs> but yeah, Nick Fury and Iron Man 1, I think, is a great cameo. Because first of all, it's Samuel Jackson. It's Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury. And it's literally looking back the start of everything. Him just going, I want to talk to you about the Avengers initiative. Do you remember how cool those first few batch of movies were to the first movie? And you're like, this is so cool. It's a team-up movie. I get to see all these characters I like together. This is cool. And then after that, you're like, you're not, it was so cool to me because I feel like we never saw anything like that before. Oh, I know. Well, because we had never seen people bring together like a cinematic universe quite like that. You know right. what I mean? Like everybody coming together and, and the thought that had to come into it, but like trying to match everything up, all the little small like, like ends to tie up. And I think I remember, so I remember with, Iron Man being so badass and thinking Robert Downey Jr. was so cool because that was the first true movie I'd seen him in mm-hmm. besides uh, the Zodiac Killer. Or which, was he was really, Zodiac? which he was really good in. Right, yeah, yeah. And then I, because this was a big comeback for him after, you know, he got kind of, you know, with all with his drug problems. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it had gotten so bad. And then um I remember with um, Captain America, the first Avenger, you know, with that, you know, I do remember, I think I remember everybody thirsting over him so bad because you see him as little scrawny Steve and then you become big Steve and you're like, huh, which that's a good point. Do you think he was a good candidate? And yeah, I know they wanted somebody that's great, but do you think that with how scrawny he was initially that if someone bigger and bulkier would have gotten it first that they would have become stronger or do you think that he was always meant to have it i mean i think steve was always meant to have it but if you look back and watch the first avenger you know the first captain america movie 
um, Tommy Lee Jones, one of the captains in the army, didn't want Steve Rogers to take the serum. He wanted another soldier who was already quite athletic and big to take the serum because he thought, I don't want this skinny, scrawny kid to do it. And it was his bravery that, you know, convinced the others to say, no, we, he is the perfect candidate. I love the scene where he jumps on the fake grenade. I know everyone else runs away and he instantly dives and he's like, get back, get back. And it's like, that's the scene. That's the I scene. love when Peggy looks at him. Like, like at, uh, at the Tommy, what's his name again? Tommy Lee. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. I love whenever she looks at him. Like, you see, I told you, he's perfect. <laughs> it does make me sad that movie when you hear them and he's like, I got to put the plane down in the water. And she's like, oh, no. And she's like, you better be at our dancing date. Don't be late. And it's like, that's so sad. <laughs> I know, and then oh my god, the scene like with where she, you know, he tells her the whole story, and then she forgets it all, and she's like, "Steve, oh my god, oh my god!" In the Winter Soldier, that really hit me because you know I have a grandmother, a great grandmother who, um, you know, had Alzheimer's before she passed away. So when I saw that, I, I sat there and I'm like, I don't like this. I don't like this. Tries not to cry, cries a lot. I forget sometimes about that scene, even though that's literally still my favorite movie in the MCU. Whenever I get to it, I'm always like, oh, shit, that's right, this scene. (laughs) Trauma. Trauma. (laughs) But yeah, so number seven is Nick Fury in Iron Man 1. Brittany, let's go on to number six. What do you got for us? Well, since we're here, uh, I was going to do Matt Damon uh, as Loki in Thor Ragnarok. I didn't even think about that. That's perfect. I, I had no idea with him. He was so pasty. He was so pasty. Because he had that thick, like, white makeup on his face. And I was like, who is, and he does well enough that there's a ton of people that are like, that's not Matt Damon. Because you're thinking of, like, Matt Damon, you know, being the big bulked out guy. Not, oh, I'm pretending to be Loki in, like, the Shakespearean-esque play. And, uh, which I'm going to double dip. I'm going to go ahead with the Hemsworth brother. What's his name? I'm trying to think. I think it's Luke Hemsworth. I think it is Luke, because I wanted to say Luca, but yeah, Luke Hemsworth, and then, you know, one, having him as Thor was great, absolutely great, especially with, you know, being a Hemsworth brother, because I was like, man, he kind of pulls off the Thor look, but this still looks like very cheesy, very corny, and then we have fucking Loki as like Matt Damon is Loki. I just I laughed so hard at that scene because you could see everybody starting to pick up on it in the crowd where they're like, What is is that who I think it is? And it's like, yep, that's exactly who you think it is. I thought that cameo was perfect. You getting that that's another thing. I forget sometimes. I mean Matt Damon's in a in a Marvel movie. I think that's so cool. Um yeah, I love that whole thing where they do the reenactment from Thor the Dark World and it's Matt Damon as Loki and Luke Hemsworth as Thor. It's so perfect. And the fact that then they got, um, oh God, I forget the actor's name, the guy from Jurassic Park and Peaky Blinders to play Odin. Oh. <laughs> That's, that little scene is so perfect. 
we don't talk about Campbell. <laughs> that seems so perfect. Matt Damon's hilarious as Loki. Um, because remember they did, they read, redid the scene where Luke Hemsworth as Thor is like I'll tell father what you did and that Damon as Loki's like I did it too for him I did it for you or something like that oh my gosh <laughs> which you just reminded me you just bring, brought back a memory of uh, me and my friend Rebecca really love uh, the guy that played Campbell I can't even think of his name yeah I'm gonna look it up like, now because because it's gonna bother me I'm awful with him I always like I love that actor and I'm like what the fuck was their name no we laugh so hard because we're like he's not allowed to be hot and then make him that bad because now I gotta feel fucked up for liking him and he does awful shit but he's such a good actor and he is he's very much a silver fox yeah, so it's Sam Neill, um, and I agree, yes. 100%. He's been, you know, I mean, for me, um, I mean, I was first introduced to him in the Jurassic Park movies. He plays the main character, um, and I loved him in that. So, yeah. he also Did you know, by the way, it's so random, Sam Neill, he does a lot of, like, narration for science videos. <laughs> I I feel like I knew that, but I feel like I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> He's got a great voice for it. Well, as I was saying, there was one time we were watching it, and Paulie, I think, was like, you know, that's the guy from Jurassic Park. And I didn't realize that at first because Sam Neill is from New Zealand. And in, yeah. in the Jurassic Park movies, he has an American accent. He does it really well. So I was like, oh, yeah, I, I said, I go, what are you talking about? That guy doesn't sound like him. And then, <laughs> oh, 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 <laughs> oh, and then was he Irish or something in the, uh, yeah, he was, was he Irish? No, I thought that he was playing um, an English person in Peaky Blinders. I couldn't remember because I know that like uh, the one that Tommy falls in love with had a uh, like fake, fake being Irish for a while, and that's why I was trying to remember. Samuel has a huge filmography. Jesus Christ, I keep scrolling. <laughs> I'm like, he was making that money. He was making that money. Good for him, man. Um, good for him. Good, good for, for him. him. Good for him. <laughs> Matt Damon in Ragnarok is a great cameo. I, first of all, just love Ragnarok in general. That's one of my favorite movies in the MCU. Still to this day, I can watch that. And I laugh and I cry and I think the fights are epic and it's the best Thor we've ever gotten. Um, so Thor Ragnarok always has a huge place in my heart for in the Marvel Universe. And I want to say um, really quick that what you calls it. Oh, apparently Matt Damon, Sam Neill and Luke Hemsworth are coming like coming back for the fourth Thor and reprising their roles. How cool is that? Who is? The fake Loki, fake Thor, and fake Odin. Are they really? What are they going to do? I guess they're playing the same characters. Fake Loki and fake Thor? Yeah, maybe for another play. Maybe there's another play that they're going to put on. They they are uh, thespians. They're experienced actors. (laughs) I love it. I love it, too. So, Matt Damon and Ragnarok. 
Fantastic. Um, let's go to number five. I'm going to take a break from the Marvel universe and talk about a cameo that I really love. And I'm sure that you'll be like, Tia, what? I mean, who cares? But for me, I love this cameo. So I feel like I know the answer. and We've talked about this all already. But I'm going to ask again. Have you ever seen The Wedding Singer? No. I'm sorry. It's so disappointing. Um, <laughs> I am a disappointment. <laughs> Don't remind me. All right. I feel like I've given you background before, but I'm going to give you background again. And also for the listeners who've never seen The Wedding Singer. Wedding Singer is one of Adam Sandler's best movies back when he was still good in movies. Sorry. Just saying it as it is. Um, and the quick recap is... Adam Sandler plays literally as the title of the movie is called The Wedding Singer. And he's supposed to be performing at the wedding. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Of Drew Barrymore's character. But throughout the movie, Drew Barrymore's character gets really close with Adam Sandler's character. And you find out that, like, Drew Barrymore's fiancé is a douchebag. A colossal douchebag. I mean, he's constantly cheating on her. He's really dismissive of her. I mean, he is just, like, the biggest douchebag of all big fucking douchebags, you know? Um, Yeah. But so throughout the movie, there's a clear connection between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, but Adam Sandler does kind of fuck it up at some point. So anyway, there's a scene um, where Adam Sandler is on a plane because he is going to go to Las Vegas to try and stop the wedding because he realizes how much he loves, you know, it's the, it, it's an older movie. Obviously it's kind of cheesy like yeah. that, but he's going to, try and stop the wedding because he realizes he fucked up and he loves her and he doesn't want her to get married to this colossal douchebag. Well, he ends up finding out that Drew Barrymore and her fiance are on the same plane. So, Oh like, my gosh. But at this point, so Adam Sandler's character is in first class and he's telling everyone, including like this air stewardess, he's telling them all like the freaking uh, story and shit like that. And who else is on the plane but Billy Idol, who is like, you know, for those who don't know, he's oh the one who gosh. 
you know, in the midnight hour, I cry more, more, more with a rebel. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bill, what the fuck is he doing there? Well, he's on the plane too, and he's listening to the song. I mean, he's listening to the story, and he's like we got to get her back for you, mate. He's like, we're going to help you. You know, you can't let her. Oh my God. He's like, you can't let her get married to that douchebag. So at some point, Adam Sandler literally starts singing because he has a guitar to Drew Barrymore and she's obviously loving it. And her fiance is like, I'm going to kick your ass. And he tries to get in the way. He tries to get to Adam Sandler, but Billy Idol literally blocks him. And he's like, no, no, no. And the guy's like, you get out of the way, Billy Idol. And this literal dude in one of the seats stands up and goes, you don't talk that way to Billy Idol. So oh. that's a very long story of why I love Billy Idol's cameo in The Wedding Singer. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't, I, is that on our list now, Tia? Oh, we have to. I love The Wedding Singer. As much as I hate rom-coms, I love this movie just because they're – like there's so many iconic scenes in it. I'll Tia t- says that, but then she's like, "I love when Harry met Sally." I love when Harry met uh, Sally. <laughs> and then what, what's another romantic comedy that you uh, yeah, yeah, don't don't lie to me, bitch. I don't like romantic comedy. Yeah, shut the fuck up. I love in the wedding singer. There's this scene because um, Drew Barrymore's character's name is Julia. And her fiance's last name is Gulia. So there's Oh a, no, Julia. Gulia. And so there's at some point where she's sitting in front of the mirror with her wedding dress on and she's like, Hi, my name is Julia Gulia. And she starts crying. And then <laughs> and then she sits there and I forget Adam Sandler's character's last name, but she literally is like, Hi, I'm Julia, and says his last name. And she starts like smiling and feeling like better about it and everything and you're like they love each other <laughs> let me see let me see what his last name was let's see i forget what it is now apparently let me look let me look it's uh robbie hart yeah she's like hi i'm julia hart and you know and then she's just like loving that and shit like that so you know i don't know I love The Wedding Singer so much. It's such I a love fun. his mullet. <laughs> oh, it's because it takes place in the 80s. So it's so 80s, like completely 80s. They're talking at some point about their freaking non-skip, like, record player. <laughs> I because- feel like what, 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 uh, what he needs to come back, uh, freaking uh, oh, Adam Sandler, they just need to do, like, a Happy Gilmore too. Oh, my God. I loved Happy Gilmore. I loved Happy Gilmore. It was so good. Yeah, back then, Adam Sandler was kind of playing similar roles. You know how in Happy Gilmore he plays the guy who, you know, yeah, sometimes he yells and he's a little rough around the edges, but he loves his, you know, grandma. And he's actually this really nice guy who can't stand to see women, you know, hurt by their douchebag boyfriends. He plays a similar character in The Wedding Singer. He, like teaches singing lessons to this elderly woman and she pays him in meatballs (laughs) (laughs) i mean i would take that payment right i pay her extra i'd be like i uh you know what you paid me too much here's money (laughs) so anyway billy idol in the wedding singer is my favorite cameo in in that movie it's just so good and it's funny because 
that movie does have a few cameos from say back in the day um it's just a good movie Brittany, it's such a good rom-com. It's and Julia, uh, not Julia. Wow, uh, Drew Barrymore is actually really good in it, and she's just likable and shit. And her du- and her fiance is a douchebag. I'm pretty sure her fiance is the same guy who plays the same douchebag in Happy Gilmore. Like they got the same dude. They're like, do you want to play? A douche- oh my god! It's like, would you like to play a douchebag in both movies? <laughs> Would you say he's a Henry? Yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'll watch it for that simple fact alone. I don't know. It's just a fun movie. If you want just a fun movie that has awesome 80s hair metal music and shit like that. I don't know. I like oh, it. Oh, no. I, I'm ready for it. I mean, I, I've heard my mom say a million times she loves that movie, but I have never seen it myself. <sighs> I love that movie. It's just, and the ending is so satisfying. You know, it's a little, yeah. obviously, again, it's a rom-com. The guy gets the girl at the end, but, you know, it's... you. It's that's worth what, it. It's worth it. That's why you watch rom-coms. You want to see them end up together in the end. You're like, she should leave her douchebag boyfriend and go with Adam Sandler. <laughs> right? I, I know where you were, like, rooting for the other guy. I love those kind of movies. Were yeah. they... Were they- really easy to root for the main character oh yeah they make obviously adam sandler's character so likable and drew barrymore's fiance so unlikable that there's no part of you that sits there and goes well, well maybe they'd be good together you're like get rid of nah, that asshole <laughs> get the fuck out of here. yeah so yeah anyway billy idol from the wedding singer if you're listening let me know if you agree have you seen the wedding singer or am i apparently a dinosaur that watches like and still thinks about older movies and how much they're so much better than movies from today um oh my gosh but the 80s had such good movies that was like a golden era well i don't think that the wedding singer actually came out in the 80s it's just 80s themed but i'm pretty sure it came out in the 90s let me look it up we'll pretend it was the 80s for my sake (laughs) (laughs) i mean it's 80s themed yeah so it came out in 1998 but it takes place in the 80s I love it. Oh, my God. It's on HBO Max. We're watching it, too. Okay. <laughs> it's going on the list. It's going on. The- Girl, we got so many movies on there. I- we'll be like, oh, we woke up at this movie coma. We'll be like, oh, it's time to get back on the flight. You know what? I'm okay with that, though. Me, too. So, yeah, that's my number five. Brittany, what's your number four? I think I'm going to go with, have you seen Zombieland? I actually haven't. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Bill Murray. Oh my god, that was one of the choices when I was looking up articles of, you know, they were like Bill Murray from Zombieland. It was so good because you have, you know, they're trying to survive, you know, Zombieland. You know, everybody's turned to zombies, which in this one is scary because they fucking run. And I don't know if I've told you this a million times. I do not like zombies that write sprint. Because that was one of the first rules to you. Uh, yeah, there's a, okay, Zombieland is one of my list because that's such a good movie. Um, you know, one of the first rules, you know, he's always keeping rules of like how to survive and blah, blah, blah. And one of them is cardio because you got to do so much running. Well, so that happens. And they end up like in a nice like town of like Hollywood. They're in Hollywood and it's supposed to be like, 
all these houses next to each other and it's like oh yeah all these celebrities just so happen to all live next to one another which is nice yeah except all of those freaking uh zombie all the celebrities are zombies except they almost killed bill murray because he learned that if he dressed up and smelled like the zombies they would leave him alone but he's still like they made him like where he lives in this super nice like mansion with just piles of money laying everywhere because there's even a part where uh what's his name was it texas or tennessee i'm trying to remember what his name was in it uh but he's like wiping his face with like dollar bill like hundred dollar bills <laughs> like just money and he's upset about something and they're just so excited to meet Bill Murray, and he's explaining, like, hey, you know, and they almost make it like a uh, a uh, Hollywood sighting kind of game where they're like, oh, my God, that's so-and-so. I didn't know they got turned into a zombie. They look great. You know, like, it's just like, you know, they're just, like, watching the zombies go by and just having a good time with it. But um, I think they, I'm trying to think of, what do I feel like they mentioned Whoopi Goldberg at some point? Like, just, like, all these celebrities. And, uh, spoiler alert, though, one of the other guys that's on the, one of the main characters, uh, didn't get the memo that Bill Murray wasn't an actual zombie and kills him. Oh, no! (laughs) I know! And they're all so upset. He's like, I didn't know! I thought he was a zombie! I'm sorry, zombie Bill Murray! You know, it's just, I don't know, it's just so ridiculous. Bill Murray was so good in that. And I've always loved him since Ghostbusters, so I was like, I don't know, he's like the sweetheart. Oh, it's, wait, I almost said a different movie. He wasn't in that movie. Someone else I loved was in that movie. No, Brittany. Oh, no. I almost said, I almost, I get him, you know, Bill Murray was in Osmosis Jones, right? I mean, was he? Because they're all animated, so I can't remember. No, no, there's a human character, and it's, I'm pretty sure, let me look, Osmosis Jones, the human was... Oh, who was he? Yeah, Bill Murray. Oh, okay. Like one of the only humans said it, but I almost said Flubber, but that was Robin Williams. Ah, I love Flubber. I loved Flubber too. That was a good time. But yeah, I'm going with Bill Murray. Bill Murray is great in everything that he's in. Did you? Okay. Did you ever watch Space Jam the original? Yes. Okay, oh I almost thought you said no for you were going to say no for a second. I said no, I need to God. end this podcast now. <laughs> um, I wouldn't do that to you. I I loved him even in Space Jam. You know, he had no right to play on that basketball team, but he did it, and he was good. He did it. <laughs> he did it. Um, he did, he did his best. That was a good one. I should have said that. But um, no, I again, I was reading some other posts where people had done compilations on cameos in movies and definitely people agree that Bill Murray's cameo in Zombieland deserves to be on the list. I want to watch Zombieland just because it looks fun and people kind of put it up there as far as zombie movies. And yes, fuck the zombies that run. That's why 28 Days Later always freaked me out. But um you know, I need to watch that again. And Woody Har- and I like Woody Harrelson, but I just sometimes can't get behind Jesse Eisenberg. And considering, I he's- know, and it's not even the Lex Luthor thing. I just, in general, just don't like his brand of movies. 
And so that just kind of puts me off. And the fact that he's essentially the main character in it and just like, eh. he's, I, you know, I normally don't like him and stuff either. He was, he was tolerable in this one. He was tolerable. <laughs> Beautiful about when you're like, they're a person. I'm like, yeah, you're sure you're a nice person. I just don't like you in movies. It's not affecting him. He's probably still living in his nice-ass place and shit like that. He wiping his tears with money like in Zombieland. That reminds me of... um, I thought this was so funny. This actress, I forget her name, but she's the girl from Precious. Have you ever seen the movie Precious? Yes, I haven't seen it, but I know what you're talking about. That was big news back then. That was a crazy movie. I saw it incredibly emotionally like impactful uh she did a fantastic job Mariah Carey did a fantastic job but Monique did a great job like that's one of the movies though that I feel like I can only watch once because it was so emotionally draining because you know everything that this poor girl has to go through in her life I mean it's absolutely horrific but anyway um you know people were criticizing the actress for her weight and she had this comment where she, he, someone was like, oh, my God, how does that make you feel? You know, the, the, and she's like, oh, my God, I'm crying my tears with, like, $100 bills as I'm taking my private jet to my freaking, like, mansion in Maui or some shit like that. Right? <laughs> and I just thought that was the perfect response to something like that. <laughs> I know. Okay, what else do you do in that situation but just try to stick it through them? It's like, okay, fine. You're, like, have some criticisms cool thanks <laughs> thanks for giving me more attention yeah that, so again you know me making saying that i'm not the biggest fan of jesse eisenberg doesn't affect his life he's still jesse eisenberg making money that is true that is that is very much true yeah right right you know right. what i'm saying <laughs> but i do want to watch zombie land because i like woody harrelson i've come to realize throughout the years that he is a great fucking actor I'm going to say, um, I, I love him, and there's somebody else I liked in, that used to be really popular. Uh, I'm sure she's still popular. She was in uh, this, like, oh, like, what was that Letter A movie where she, like, st- Oh, like, are you talking about Emma Stone? Yes, 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 yes. I like her in it, too. Yeah. Oh, oh she was in Zombieland. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, maybe I'll put, I'll check out Zombieland, you know, when I feel like watching something I've never watched before. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Emma Stone was in. Let me know about a girl. I swear. I'm pretty sure you're right. Um, again, I just never saw it, so. Like. Let's see. Uh, yep, Emma Stone was in it. And Abigail Brislin, Rhett Reese, Bill Murray. So many. <laughs> so many people. Um, so yeah, Bill Murray from Zombieland. I'm sure plenty of people will agree with you as well. Um, I gotta check out Zombieland. I know I do. Um, they did come out with a second one too, but I didn't hear as good of reviews for the second one. Did you see the second one? I haven't seen the second one yet. Not yet. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, Bill Murray from Zombieland number four. I will take number three. Let me look at my list. I know, I had to look at mine too. I started racing stuff off. I didn't realize we'd gotten so far already. And I was racing off and I was like, oh, I only have one left. What is this? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, I'm fine. I am going to do, so the cameo that I'm doing 
Um, and I'll say this really quickly. I'm not, I'm going to do a disclosure, right? I'm not the biggest fan of the movie in general. I just really like this cameo. And I probably am like saying sacrilege by saying that I'm not the biggest fan of this movie, but it's going to be Chris Evans and Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Oh my God. <laughs> I thought you liked this movie. Maybe I liked it back then, but I rewatched it not too long ago, and I just feel as if it doesn't hold up. Um, some of Were the you... go ahead, sorry. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, and also you realize Scott Pilgrim uh, like is an awful person. Yeah. Okay, so that's what it is. I go back and watch it, and I say Scott Pilgrim sucks. I mean, like, really sucks. He's you know he has a girlfriend that he's pulling. Th- through and you know playing games with essentially meanwhile he's you know obsessing over this girl Ramona and shit like that but really not even knowing truly who she even is just having this like weird stalkerish crush it's um if you go back and watch it like I'm sorry just to say it there's heavy all right I'm just gonna come out and say it, it there's heavy um you know racism in it homophobia like there's a lot of things and i understand that it's a product of the time and back then stuff like that flew but you watch it now with a say a 2021 lens and you're just like this is uncomfortable because he's like fetishizing his asian girlfriend and you know this whole thing with his roommate is very stereotypical and i don't know i just watch it and again as you said scott pilgrim's a terrible person he's a terrible (laughs) shitty person every time i look I always feel bad for the first girlfriend, and I don't remember her name, but I feel so bad for her, and it literally drives her crazy, and, and like, there's even a part, I think, where Ramona is, like, do you not see, like, basically what you do to people, and he looks at, like, you know, the ex-girlfriend, and how just distraught she looks, and he just didn't care. No, not at all, and again, he's a shitty person, so I don't like it for a number of reasons, and I feel like, um there's just a lot of overacting and again michael sarah isn't someone that i ever truly liked um you know i I just feel like you play shitty characters like oh yeah i'm awkward and quirky and it's like yeah but you always play like a dick bag in the end yeah and that's the thing it's like you're supposed to like what because he's awkward and quirky and that somehow gives him uh an excuse to be like really shitty to his girlfriends and you know things like that so that's a huge reason why i didn't like his characters in movies um the only movie that i kind of tolerated him in was in juno and I didn't even really like Juno because of him. <laughs> I would say it's kind of like I, I could do without him. And they're like, well, you can't like him too much. Yeah. So, but anyway, I do love Chris Evans' uh, cameo and Scott Pilgrim as the ex boyfriend who is the movie star and he has those really crazy eyebrows. <laughs> I know his eyebrows are insane in that, but I loved his character. I was like, this feels like you uh feels like you had way too much fun with this role <laughs> and that's why i think i love it because chris evans clearly was just being ridiculous in that role you know we i mean we've seen him say play funny roles and especially in not another teen movie but in this he's just playing such an over-exaggerated character that I just thought was hilarious and I kind of was rooting for him. I was just like, fuck Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> I want him to win. And you're 
like I'm gonna get paid to do what? And you're gonna pay, whoa, whoa, whoa. and you're gonna pay me how much to do what? And it's like act like a crazy movie star and have big eyebrows. It's like I will do that for free at that point. I just think it's hilarious. I thought his cameo was so funny. He was definitely my favorite, um, I guess, opponent that Scott Pilgrim had to go up against. <laughs> and you're like, please win, please. <laughs> You know what I never understood in the movie, by the way? Cool. Is he, like, killing the exes? Cause that's yeah, the- I want to know that, too. I feel like that's a very good point. Because I feel like that's something that's glossed over. It's like, oh, you must defeat the exes. And I understand it's supposed to be kind of video game-ish. But I'm also saying they're going, is that another reason why Scott Pilgrim's a terrible person? He's literally create. He's literally committing mass murder. <laughs> I'm gonna say uh, that, and by the way, what? Why did that one girl hate him? The other girl, which one? That one of the main girls, uh, played by Aubrey Plaza. Is that who you're talking about? I think so. I think so. Oh my god, those eyebrows, Tia! I just and said, the, I just said, Brittany, chin strap. the chin strap. <laughs> That's um. That's why I think that role is so funny because they sat there and said, "Okay, it's Chris Evans. How do we make him look crazy?" And it's like he's still tolerable, though. <laughs> I know where you're like, eh, I can look this. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we go look the other way for him. I will say that one of my favorite scenes in Stop Pilgrim is when Ramo- it was Ramona, right? That was the girl he was pining yeah, yeah, after, yeah. and she goes oh, you have to beat my exes. And he's like, your ex-boyfriend. She's like, yeah, my exes. And so when he has to go up against that girl, he's like, wait, but ex-boyfriend. She's like, I never said ex-boyfriend. I said exes. <laughs> uh, you know, and I will I will say, I feel like that was very ahead of the times because they didn't normally yes. add stuff like that in the movies back then. That is true. That is true. I also did really like the scene of the one ex who was supposed to be like a super vegan, but then they discovered that he drank milk some at some point, so they took his vegan powers away from him. Oh my god. <laughs> I the movie did have its moments. I just really hate Scott Pilgrim. Everything else was fine. <laughs> the rest of it's fine. Just not the rest. Yeah. Um and I loved how the main ex-boyfriend was clearly supposed to be some sort of parody of Skrillex. I don't know if you remember that. I don't I, I don't know if I remember offhand. I just remember thinking that the whole movie, I was like, huh, this is where I am in life. I'm glad, though, that we're on the same page where we both sat there and said, Scott Pilgrim was a douchebag. I know, and I think it's like, I enjoyed a lot of the movie, and I still think, you know, it is a fun movie, but I'm like, God, if you just took him out of it, I'd be fine. Yeah, and I don't want to obviously take that away, you know, if I know people enjoy this movie, and you're all so allowed to do that, like, just because I sit there and say maybe I wasn't the biggest fan of it, but still, Chris Evans, though, in it is awesome. I do his character, what, what kind of powers did he have again? Uh, I forgot. I feel like I want to look it up now. <laughs> Just because. Oh, like, did he have, I thought he was like really strong. I don't, I, or did he have like electricity like, or firepower or something like that? I can't remember. I just remember he had powers. I mean, didn't they all have powers? Because that was the thing. You know, they all had to Yeah, defeat. I just don't remember what his was. Uh, didn't he like skateboard or something like that? 
I don't remember. He was a skater boy and he said, see you later, girl. <laughs> Is it funny? Because, um, you know, my boyfriend, Paulie, has gotten back into skating the past few months. And I'm literally sitting there singing. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He went in there. Avril. Avril Lavigne makes her come up and again and everything. She was like, someone's skateboarding. It's my time to shine. <laughs> it's my time to shine. What's funny is, like, I, st- I I do feel that with Aaron and everything. I always want to sing that at him, and I'm like, no, must resist. <laughs> I will say, I mean, I, I'm not afraid to say it. I loved Avril Lavigne back in the day. I did, too. Yeah. Is Avril Lavigne the one that they say is dead? Oh, my God, there was, like, a huge thing where they're, like, we can tell, blah, blah, blah. And when they pointed out, I'm, like, you know people age, right? I mean, she was, what, 18 when she first came out? It's, like, yeah, her facial features are going to change as she gets older. What so, the hell? Yeah, go- no, it must be a conspiracy. That was, like, um, I did think it was really funny, the conspiracy, when uh, he who shall not be named was in office, like, last year or so. And they thought that his wife, Melania, was, like, there was a stunt double out there. I don't know. Did you you see that? (laughs) That's hilarious. Yeah, there was this whole conspiracy that's, like, that's not really Melania. It's someone else. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, I, you know what? I'm here for it. I I have to send it to you. I thought it was, like, so funny. Um, But anyway, yeah. So sorry, by the way, if everyone can hear my dog whining, someone's letting off fireworks, and that, of course, is every dog's kryptonite. I always feel so bad for dogs whenever they do. Like, is I I don't remember our cats freaking out this year, but it it definitely happens. Um, at first, when we first moved in, and there were fireworks, I would the cats would just go running and shit like that. But now they're not even phased because for some reason in this area, people let off fireworks constantly. <laughs> I know. I'm about to say, well, it's New York. It's loud, right? It's so loud. You know, your cats would probably freak out. They'd be like, Oh my God, we don't hear any noise ever. <laughs> anyway. Um, so that is my number three, Brittany. What is your number two? I'm going to go with uh, Chuck Norris when he showed up in Dodgeball. Ah, duck. Dodge. It were the 3Ds or something. I, I love whatever. They're like, if you can dodge a wrench, you can you dodge can a ball. ball. <laughs> Which is hilarious because I love Dodgeball growing up. Uh, except we didn't ever get to use the big rubber ones because apparently people got hurt. And so we had these little small foam ones that... You know, for me, you know, if I was throwing a regular dodgeball, I could actually get some wind behind it. But these were foam, and they just kind of floated through the air. Uh, uh, you need side sport. You needed to go to Catholic school. We freaking used real dodgeballs. Oh shit! What was funny is like the boys could throw them so hard they would like thump the like back behind you. But a uh, quick side story with dodgeball. I also loved it because I was so small. I'd always end up the last person, and my reflexes were good. So, and I knew I couldn't throw the ball if I was going to throw a ball. Um, I knew that they would 
catch it because I couldn't throw it hard enough. So at some point I would have all the balls on my side. And so I would gently kick them over to the guys. And there will people be like, what are you doing? But if they had the ball, I would catch it. I would catch mm-hmm. it instead and it would let in my entire team because I knew I couldn't hit them. I was like, but these guys can hit you. And I always felt like such a champ when I did that. I was like, it's, I have done it. It's like that scene in Thor Ragnarok when Hela goes to Thor, you can't defeat me. And Thor's like, I know, but he can. And then you yeah, see Surtur exactly. come out. <laughs> the moment I would hit. Oh, I mean, I was because um, what was it? It was like, they had to go to the judges on it. Right. <laughs> He was, to go on the- he was the deciding judge, and he yes. decided against Ben Stiller's character. <laughs> yes, because like, because that didn't. Uh, who did he go against? Like, well, what was it? Was it that final part, or was he one he? Um, oh, I can't remember. He was in the final round where it decides to go to like sudden death because of something and because uh, they were trying to decide. If it was, I can't remember what it was, but I just remember when they're like. And who's the decider? And you look over and you're like, is that fucking Chuck Norris? And you remember, like, this is when we were kids. So it was such a big thing where it was like the Chuck Norris jokes were really oh, big, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I I heard Chuck Norris has a fist underneath his beard. Like, it's like, what the fuck? Like, he, like, all these forget, I'm trying to remember all of them because it was so, it was so big back then. And I know it's such a little one and I know there's better ones, but I still never forget the moment when you're like, okay, and you go to the side and you're like, Chuck Norris? And even he played himself. It wasn't like, oh, he was just, you know, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm a guy that looks like, you know, I'm Chuck Norris, but I'm playing another guy. It's like, no, 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 no. Chuck Norris judges dodgeball tournaments. I don't know. It was just so ridiculous. It was perfect. It's that Chuck Norris has to cast a tie-breaking vote, and he allows for average Joe, right? You know, the, uh-huh. you know, the one that we're rooting for, and it's pretty much allowing that team to play. And so that's after then they go into the sudden death match. But I love the Chuck Norris. Um, by the way, I love Dodgeball. I shouldn't love the movie Dodgeball. But it's, I think so, it's, it's a guilty pleasure. It's such a guilty pleasure movie. And I love at the end when Ben Stiller's character goes, fuck you, Chuck Norris. <laughs> fuck you, Chuck, Chuck Norris. <laughs> I love, oh, my God. I love that movie. If you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. <laughs> a ball. Uh, what was his name? Like, Patches? <laughs> Let me look it up. Oh no, um, it was just over the the whole movie was good. Yeah. Also pa- our patches. favorite pirate was in it. Oh yeah, when he's like because <laughs> he plays also he was in uh Doom Control and who else he's been playing villains, hasn't he? Alan Tudyk plays everything. He not only is in Doom Patrol, he was in a Knight's Tale, he was in frickin' uh firefly he was also um he also voices the joker in the animated harley quinn series and does a damn fine fucking job as it by the way um i was not aware yeah he's really good um talent i loved him in dodgeball because they were like you're not a pirate and he's like Arr. and he's having this like existential crisis and they're like you are a pirate you are like are a pirate and he's like when he finally finds this quote-unquote buried treasure <laughs> and he's like 
hard. Like, they're so excited because he brings it back. They're like, if you're not a pirate, who are we going to share all this treasure with? And he's just like, there's so many great lines. There's so many great lines in that no one makes me bleed my own blood. Or just like Olga, or like the the big like lady on the, the other team. Russian lady. Yes. Who does she end up like loving at the end? Oh my god! Hang on, I gotta look it up now. <laughs> it's been a while. I feel, I feel bad also for the guy whose wife and kids hated him. Who and, clearly like, fucking can- hate him. <laughs> channeling like his inner hatred like the throw the ball yeah <laughs> how could oh, he see this wife flirting with another man yeah i mean it's so obvious um oh my god what was her name i mean i forget what her name was in it uh, hang on one second i got this it's i okay. can i can do this She's- Oh my gosh! It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. I'm just vibing with my cats. Oh, she starts dating Owen. He's just oh, a skinny oh, guy. Oh, the scrawny one. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I love him. I, I, again, I love that whole movie, Dodgeball. Oh, we gotta rewatch that. Like, I, I'm fine with that. We could. That would be one of our lazy nights when we just want to put something on in the background and watch TikTok. Yeah. It, that's one of the movies that I actually like Vince Vaughn in. I love that movie. I'm so glad that you brought up Dodgeball. <laughs> I just, I love Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris is great. <laughs> fuck we, you, Chuck Norris. We, fuck you, Chuck Norris. The best Chuck Norris one to me was, I'm trying to think about it, where it was like um, once Chuck Norris slammed a revolving door. <laughs> It does work that way if you're Chuck Norris, and it absolutely works that way. Or the one um, where I think you said underneath his beard is not a chin, but another fist. <laughs> it's just another fist. Um, I'm trying to think what was another one. It's like, um, it's like, I can't remember. It was like something with like, oh, he wrestled or something and he won. You know, just it's just ridiculous things. There was one that he said literally. He did one of his his jokes in one of the Expendables. He was in the second Expendables. And I remember this. Sylvester Stallone's character is like, I heard you got bit by a cobra or something. He's like, yes, I did. He goes, and after three grueling, horrible yeah. days of agony, he's like, the snake finally died. <laughs> oh, my God. I guess I actually think that's the one I was thinking of where I was like, he something where he ended up destroying the thing. Chuck Norris uses his pepper spray to season his meat. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what? Death once that had was a worth a gag noise. Death once had a near Chuck Norris experience. <laughs> oh my god, these are so bad, but they bring back my childhood, so I'm fine with it. Okay, I have one more, and then we can move on. Okay, because I literally googled it. Chuck Norris once passed six kidney stones. They were subsequently collected by Thanos and embedded into a gauntlet. What the f- <laughs> That one's new. That one is new. Uh, but yeah, so there you go. 
Chuck Norris and Dodgeball, everyone. (laughs) All right, so we are down to the number one of our best cameos in movies. Of course, we always have to go through the list before we get to the number one. And we have number 10 is David Hasselhoff in the SpongeBob movie. Number nine is Boban Marjanovic in John Wick 3. Number eight is Brad Pitt in Deadpool 2. Seven is Nick Fury. Not Nick Fury. Samuel Jackson. I'm just calling him by his character name. Samuel Jackson in Iron Man 1. <laughs> Six is Matt Damon in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, five is Billy Idol in The Wedding Singer. Number four is Bill Murray from Zombieland. Number three is Chris Evans in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Two is Chuck Norris in Dodgeball. And number one, I felt like I had to put this on. It was almost just a must and it is going to be um hugh jackman's cameo in x-men the first class oh my god i forgot about that when he's just drinking he's five in there yep so for those who don't remember first class because it was probably one of the last good fox x-men movies that was ever done um uh michael fassbender plays magneto James McAvoy is playing Professor X, but obviously younger. And they've just discussed, you know, they they got their powers. They just met up and they're like, we need to assemble a team of our own of other like-minded, not like-minded, uh, like-abilitied individuals. And they're going around, they're recruiting people and they walk into a bar to find wolverine just vibing at a bar drinking smoking a cigar because you know he's old as fuck so he exists always and they i think they didn't even get two words out before he's like go fuck yourself (laughs) oh my god i love that i was like oh my god logan i was like oh he's in it and it's like no 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 yeah because they were recruiting people and they were like Oh, okay. And it's like, no, mm-mm. Which, I, just, I thought that was Dark so- Phoenix was so bad, but Magneto brought it back for me. I mean, <laughs> as long as he was there, it was fine. I mean, he's always good in everything. I just think it's so funny because, as you said, you're like, yeah, we get to see Wolverine team up. And it's like, no, and which leads me to believe that this is not the first time he's been trying, like, people have tried to recruit him for something. And he's just sitting there going, go fuck yourself <laughs> it's so perfect and try to get drunk even though isn't it said that he can't like really get drunk because he's still constantly like you know refreshing is that wolverine or is that steve rogers because i remember steve rogers can't get i think drunk. it's both i think it's both let me see i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up but anyway i just thought that was so great it was so the epitome of wolverine i mean just a simple line go fuck yourself and it's that's him it was perfect and i sat there and i was looking and i said to myself i have to put this as number one on this cameo list because it was the best cameo it's literally two seconds but it's so iconic and it's one of the best hugh jackman wolverine moments in the fox universe it was amazing did you find out by the way 
Yes, yes, sorry. That's what I was trying to read as you were doing that. Um, he, okay, Logan has revealed his healing factor processes alcohol nearly as quickly as he can drink it with a bottle of whiskey, only getting him tipsy for seconds. It seems Wolverine is capable of getting drunk, but only for an extremely short amount of time unless he has a constant supply of alcohol. That sucks. <laughs> right? Because, you know, he's drinking beer. I guess he just likes it for the taste. I guess so, but that's hilarious. He's just like... I love that he's, like, from the Civil War era. That's what I'm saying. He's so old that um, it was funny that you have the young versions of Magneto and Professor X, and they're still able to just go try to recruit um, Wolverine, which is hilarious thinking how in the future Wolverine does end up working with them while working with Professor X. Um, I will say, like, those movies are all over the place, though, because, like, in Dark Phoenix, right, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Wolverine's not into that at all, and he loves Jean Grey, right? Mm-hmm. But in this, you know, have you seen the Dark Phoenix? No, because I heard it was literally a dumpster fire, and from the trailers, it looked like they were just read. Do you remember X-Men The Last Stand, the third one? I mean, they that was, yeah. it looked like the same story. To me, they did the it, Dark Phoenix story. Anytime they add the Dark Phoenix, I hate it. Every it's, time. It's I, never I, done well. Well, in this, uh, spoiler alert, they killed Mystique. Yeah, I heard that. I do know some of yeah. those things. Yeah. And, and I'm like, okay. And then Jean Grey's dead at the end. And you're like, okay. And the only thing that brought it back for me a little bit is uh, the Beast. You know, Beast, he ends up you know, he was in love with Mystique, and he ends up, like, going to uh, Magneto for help, and Magneto and them just kind of join in their, like, mutual that they both loved her, and now she's dead, so now they have to bring down Jean Grey. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. No. At least Magneto's hot. Well, yeah, that that was... I'm gonna go rewatch that scene where... Uh, did you not think that was the most clever shit when Mystique injects that guard? Which, by the way... Think that card uh, was Benny? Yes, yes, he was. Yeah, the one that gets injected uh, and gets like the metal liquid put through his veins, so that when Magneto, because Magneto senses it, and I'm like, oh, oh no! That was in the second one when Ian McKellen was playing Magneto. Um, he could get it. Yes, he could. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what should I call it? Yeah, I want to say that, okay, so I obviously saw the original um, trilogy, right? I saw the original X-Men trilogy, and I liked them for as corny as they were back then. I mean, there's the nostalgic factor there. Um, I saw Wolverine Origins, which was awful. (laughs) So awful. It's amazing that they continued after that. But Hugh Jackman, of course, was good in it. And thank God they gave Ryan Reynolds a chance to play a real Deadpool. Obviously, saw Deadpool 1 and 2, saw Logan, which made me cry like a little bitch. And I saw First Class. And First Class was the last one I saw. I never saw The Wolverine because I heard that was a dumpster fire. And then I never saw... Days of Future Past, which I did hear was good, but I never saw Days of Future Past. I never saw Apocalypse. I never saw Dark Phoenix, and I didn't get to see New Mutants, which I was excited to go see New Mutants, but then I heard 
from online that was a dumpster fire, even though I'm not going to base that. It just, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it. Sorry, that was a long one. No, I haven't seen it either, and I was obsessed with trying to see it because I thought it looked so good at first, and then I saw more trailers, and I was like, eh. There was one trailer that showed, and I sat there and said, this looks good. Everyone is naysaying for no reason. And I really like the girl who is playing Magic in it, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, because she was in The Queen's Gambit, which is such a fucking good show. Um, But, yeah, people just said it was all over the place. And, you know, there was a ton of reshoots, and it just seemed disconnected. But that's why Fox lost essentially because they couldn't get their shit Thank together God. I know. <laughs> all right so before we wrap up today obviously right i do have a question for you now that we're on the subject of wolverine do you think they should you when disney introduces the x-men right do you think that they should bring hugh jackman back or do you think it's time for a new wolverine if Hugh Jackman wanted to come back and he was completely happy playing the role, I'd be all for it. If yeah. he's tired of it, bring in Pablo Schreibner. Yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Although I will say. I know as, he's too tall. I was going to say, as much, and I've heard this from a lot of people who are like, listen, Hugh Jackman did play the perfect Wolverine. We could not have asked for a better Wolverine. But if you are going to redo it, you should be a little bit more comic book accurate because Wolverine was quite a short man in the comics. And Hugh Jackman. So was Danny DeVito. Jackman, Jackman's six foot five. And I think Pablo Schreiber is the same exact height. <laughs> fine okay we're bringing danny devito it's fine <laughs> listen i love danny devito but i don't know <laughs> you don't think you pull it off i uh you, you can't tell if i'm joking i'm just i can't tell if you're joking or not <laughs> I'm just fucking around. i love danny devito and i'm like i don't want to be rude or anything no <laughs> no 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 I, but I do love Danny DeVito. I mean, I do. That's why I'm like, you know, I don't want to talk bad about Danny DeVito. I just don't think he'd be a good Wolverine. I feel like he was taller than Matilda. He could have been. He could have been. I think he just shrunk with age. My mom's shorter than me now, which makes me laugh. I mean, Danny DeVito has she's always really, been taller than me. Danny DeVito has a really big personality. He um, does. I love him. He's the trash man. <laughs> I I'm gonna say really quick though that um what you calls it um what was I gonna say I think that it is time for a different Wolverine because I think Logan was just such a good like you know goodbye to him that I don't want that to kind of be messed up by bringing him back. I know. My thing that killed me was that Xavier was the one that it was the reason why all the X-Men were gone. Oh, but that's why Logan killed me. Not only was Xavier the reason why all the X-Men were gone, but freaking uh, Wolverine is the one who kills Professor X. <laughs> Don't you I remember know, that? I, I know, because it wasn't any psycho Logan. Like, I'm like, oh, my heart. And he's like, we're <laughs> at the beach and everything. It's like, oh! 
I, what got me was that one, you know, he was the only one that could really power through because he's basically like, what do you do when a, like, because Xavier, I think, is an Omega level mutant, like, means he's like God tier. So what do you do when he starts getting old and he gets like a degenerative uh, brain issue, like a disease? What do you do? It's going to go haywire. No, that's why I loved Logan. I thought that it was the perfect movie. I mean, I couldn't believe it when I saw it because, you know, Fox didn't have a good track record before then. And then I saw Logan. I sat there and go, why can't they make more shit like that? It was a masterpiece. Chef's kiss. I do think so. At the end, when uh, Laura is goes, you know, there's no more guns in the valley. And I'm like, uh, uh. Uh. <laughs> oh, can I you say too because that movie is so dear to you what'd you say wasn't that western so dear to you not that western in particular but i do actually love westerns um but i will say really quick that i really would like most of the fox people to get recast i mean obviously bring ryan reynolds as, as deadpool which they are doing but I would also love to see um, the actress who played, you know, X-23 come back because she has such great potential. I know. Because it's like, how do you go from that point if all the X-Men are dead at that point That's and true. continue from that point? It wouldn't, you know? be con- and so- it wouldn't be continued from that point. They would just bring probably bring her back to play the character, but then completely just like reboot shit. I don't know. I, don't I like know how, how I they did it, uh, too. Like, even though Logan is so perfect, I do like, you know, in X-Men, the animated series where they brought her in, where she's like, yeah, I'm a clone, and I'm dealing with the fact that I'm a clone from you. And Wolverine's like, I guess this is my kid, kind of. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, my God. I can't wait. But, um, Brittany, before we wrap everything up tonight, did you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to shout out really quick? I'm trying to think, but I can't remember anything right just, like, top of my head. <laughs> it's no problem. Maybe maybe, maybe Eminem in the uh, interview. Um, I did like that. <laughs> Can I tell I you? I like that where he's by himself. Can I tell you that I saw that movie really quick, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it? Um, that movie was crazy. And I saw it recently, within the past year. I had never seen it, and I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe this was made. Like, I can't believe... I, I still haven't fully seen it yet, but I know I've watched the entirety of that beginning scene, and I always die. Yeah, the Eminem cameo in the interview is great. Um, really quick, I'll just say I loved John Bernthal and Baby Driver. I thought that was a good cameo. <gasps> yes. And Scoot McNary in The Quiet Place Part 2, because I feel like there was so much potential. Um, and it just didn't go anywhere. But anyway... Uh, Yeah, everyone, so that is our top 10 best cameos in movies. Maybe we'll do a top 10 best cameos in TV shows, dedicate one strictly to that. Um, But everyone, please let us know what your favorite cameos were in movies. Brittany, as always, amazing co-hosting tonight. Why don't you you let everyone know where you're at, where they can find you, and what you got going on next. Gonna say you can always find me on Twitch at itty bitty Brit. I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart, which is why I've been playing the, doing the eh, 
noise that Tia hates so much. Because uh, that game does that to me. I've also been playing Pokemon Unite, been playing some scary games, uh, did drunk art drawing. Uh, it was beautiful. And by beautiful, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a disaster. A, a beautiful disaster. Um, yeah, I've just been having a lot of fun with it. Uh, Pokemon Unite is very addicting. I'm probably about to go play that after we get off the podcast. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, it's been amazing. And if you want to follow me at Twitter, on Twitter, it'll be itty bitty Brit Zero. Everyone, please make sure that you check out Brittany's stuff. She's a very dedicated streamer who spends lots of her time trying to entertain you all, even though she sucks at Mario Kart. Um, Listen, and I will bitch. Her. <laughs> but uh, yeah, please make sure that you follow her. Uh, as for me, as I said, um, geek5snation.com has links to all of our social media. Please make sure that you are following us. Uh, please make sure that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel, which is Geek Vibes Podcast. Um, also, make sure you turn on the notification bell. I'm pretty sure YouTube does this thing. If you don't have like a million subscribers, it just doesn't want to promote your stuff. So just turn on the notification bell because we're always putting out things. I have a lot of interviews coming up this week. Um, and if you feel like uh, following me on my personal accounts, I'm on Twitter and Instagram TC. So that's, uh, you know, TC underscore Stark. And yeah, so we will see you on the next top 10. Until then, everyone, stay awesome. Bye. Bye, guys. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.